Hey everybody out there, it's a cold, windy, snowy day here in Erie, Pennsylvania, the 814 Gem City, coming to you live. This is 15 with Funkle. I'm your host, Funkle Cates, and unfortunately today we are talking about sexual abuse and violence. Um, this can happen, first of all, this can happen to men or women. I want to really highlight that. Um, I've been talking about this more publicly lately in some of my um, experiences with this topic, and I was really shocked to hear um, how many males had felt so ashamed to even admit anything that had happened to them to feel like they weren't a man because things happened to them um, for people to mock them um, and just be overall terrified to talk about it out loud. So I think because this subject, it's not even taboo anymore. It's on the news all the time. Um, I don't know about you, but I am personally so disgusted and tired of seeing these people um, these these men over the age of 50 and 60 who want girls 10 to 15 um, do horrifying acts of violence to them. And then to uh, put a cherry on the on on the top of the Sunday there, we are not believed. We are victims. We are not believed. We are told we are liars. We are told, are you sure that happened? Um, well, it hasn't happened in a long time. I'm sure he didn't mean to hurt you. He probably didn't mean it that way. The disgusting list goes on and on. Whether it's a family member, your mom or dad, your best friend, um, somebody at school, a teacher, I can't tell you um, the amount of people looking back that I tried to talk to about my situations. Um, I had a parent told me that wasn't true. Don't bring things up like that again. As an adult, I have been told, um, well, this person hasn't said or done anything to you in a while, so what's the big deal? It it really is so tough on your psyche because you feel like, God, well, Am I making a big deal of this? Am I too sensitive? Am I crazy? Um, you don't always feel, you know, safe. And that's a huge word for me, safe. You don't always feel safe and comfortable at home in your own body because of these experiences, because some disgusting being robbed you of that innocence, of that freedom and happiness of a child who should be out playing in the grass with their friends or at their neighbor's house or a picnic no, you stole that, you sick pig. I'm not going to be nice about it. I'm not going to be um, calm or politically correct. If you don't like that, that's cool. Turn off the channel, um, move to another station. So part of my format is talking about where you were, what happened to you, where are you at today, and where do you need to be? Where do you want to go or where do you see yourself moving forward? For me, as soon as I was able to legitimatize my experiences and have, and all that means is that somebody is validating what you feel you experienced. So, um, you know, when people want you to recall details when you were not even six years old is really horrifying and you feel so ashamed and afraid and stupid and the way that people look at you, it's, it's, there's no words for it. And, and if you are one of those people, please call me, let's go to coffee. Cause you are in desperate need of reeducation. Um, and apparently I need to sit down and talk to you from a victim standpoint and explain to you how that feels and how terrifying it is. I've had so many people say, but you're so strong and you're so resilient. I was a child. I was a baby. You are looking at the adult now and saying, that can't be true. That couldn't have happened. It absolutely did. Not only that, but I know it happened to other people. 
So um, it's, it's really tough. And then throughout your experiences in life, it's almost like men can smell or see that brokenness in you or that fear. Um, and a lot of those predators end up kind of taking a shot at you. Um, I had a doctor touch me inappropriately when I was a teenager and, um, I told someone and I was not believed. I told them exactly what this person did and what happened and how it made me feel. And I was not validated. I was not cared for. And it made me feel so alone and, and gross and afraid and ashamed. And I worked in healthcare for 15 years. And I can tell you what that doctor did was not healthcare. And it was not okay uh, for a parent to tell you that it didn't happen, that you're exaggerating is complete bullshit. It's, it's re-victimizing that person even worse because we survived something so horrifying. And, and believe me, I will tell you, um, my predator said something to me that unlocked a lot of memories that I didn't remember I had buried, et cetera. This happened almost 10 years ago. And, um, this was a father figure to me. This was someone I had known my whole life. This person has daughters. Um, and it still is excruciating to this day when I have those moments, when I am triggered or when I allow myself to kind of go there and heal in pieces, because it is extraordinarily frightening. It's so scary to have to feel that again, or to go there as an adult and allow yourself to be that vulnerable, scared, injured child and heal and say, it's okay. That person can never, ever hurt you or touch you again. Um, and, and if you are still in a situation where you are with someone who's hurting you, please don't ever stop asking for help. Don't ever stop telling someone. Um, I think sometimes we have to be more aware of who we tell. Not everyone clearly is a safe space. I mean, look at our government. Why is a former president and a so-called quote unquote prince walking around free? There are mountains of evidence that they have and witnesses. Um, it's so awful the lengths that all these other people go to to cover up these stories. That is uh, uh, the other part or extension of the pain and the trauma. Um, these people, uh, these girls, these victims um, and boys too, you know, when you're 12 and 13 years old and you don't understand that that's wrong or a sexual violation of your body and everyone around you who is supposed to protect you is not doing that. They're not protecting you. They're not hearing you. They're not validating you. Sit and imagine that for a moment. Think of yourself as a six or seven year old little child who's 40 or 50 or 60 pounds. And, and all you want to do is go run to the fields and, and pick daisies and do somersaults with your friends and go to the playground. And these things, your body and your mind can't psychologically own that or what happened. You kind of break off and go to a safe space in your mind. So I, I want to back up a little bit here. So talking about where I have been, or maybe you have been, it is not okay for someone to tell you to just get over it. It happened a long time ago. What's your problem? 15 years, she must be a liar. I have so little minus respect for people who say these things, who throw these comments out there so easily and blatantly that cause nothing but harm. How dare you? How dare you? Again, call me 
or email me. I'm at funkelkz at gmail.com. F-U-N-K-L-E-K-Z at gmail.com. More than happy to re-educate because clearly you need some. Um, Also, if someone's come to you with um, uh, an accusation or um, telling you about a trauma that they had and you're not sure how to handle it, let us know. We're going to find some resources for you. We're going to talk about um, safe things that you can say or do to help yourself, to help a friend or a family member or your own child. I don't think for me, it's one of those things you don't heal and you don't get over it. It's a hole that you live with in in your heart, mind, body, and soul. Um, That's how painful it is. And that's how wrong it is. It, It skews everything. So people who were raised in a so-called normal environment where your parents were supportive and loving and little Susie, we're so proud of you and we love you and we go to all your school events and we go watch you play soccer. Not everyone has had that. So when, when you look at people and you go, God, what's their problem? Or why is she always depressed? Or she's always upset or, you know, he's, uh, you know, in a bad mood or he never wants to interact with the children. Dig deeper, take a moment to find out if this person's worth it to you. And this is not necessarily their normal behavior, or maybe it is. Lead with compassion instead of judgment and, well, they're a jerk. Who cares? We're we're too good at that in our country. So where I came from, I always knew something was wrong and something had happened. But when you can't remember every detail or necessarily who it was at first, um, it's really tough to talk about. And you know what? Predators rely on it. That's why they do this shit in the dark. That's why they have to drug you. That's why they have to isolate you because they know when you're alone, it's his word or her word versus yours. And almost 95% of the time, the victim is blamed or questioned. And um, the amount of cover-ups, I didn't know. I thought there was something. I didn't want to lose my job. That is the number one thing that I hear that I absolutely abhor is I didn't want to lose my job. So I let someone get you know maimed in their soul. If you can live with that at night, or if you go, you know, if someone did that to my daughter or my son, would I be okay with it? I hope not. So when you tell someone that your paycheck is worth more than their sanity and their life and their well-being, shame on you. Sorry, but that's how I feel. Shame on you. You are worse than the predator in my book because you're complicit in the behavior. You're also supporting it. Um, Maybe in a nonchalant way and you feel like indirect, I didn't do anything. You're not doing anything though right? You're not engaging, you're not helping, you're not stopping. So, um, and, and it's not to make anyone feel bad. This really truly is to educate and say, Hey, we need some help here because so many of us are struggling and hurting. I, I don't think I've ever found someone who wasn't a victim of sexual violence and or abuse. So, um, and if that's you and you're afraid to talk about it, that's okay. That's okay. It has to be on your time and on your terms. It also leads to you feeling like your body is not safe. I know there's parts of my body I felt very disconnected physically and emotionally from. And I had to learn through the therapy that that I chose how to go back to those times and heal that inner child. And it was almost like going into a burning building and finding this tiny little girl in the corner of her room. And she was terrified. And she was holding her knees up to her chest and she couldn't breathe and she couldn't speak. And I saw this shadowy figure with like a fireman's helmet come in and save her. And as this person walked to the room and got closer, it was my face as an adult 
It's like I had gone way down deep inside of myself and I found this hurting child and I pulled her out of that fire and I saved her and I promised her that no one would ever be allowed to hurt her again. You can do that too. It's okay. I'm here for you. There's other people that are good that are here for you too. Um, I'm, I'm so sorry. I really truly am. I'm so sorry what happened to me. I'm so sorry what happened to you. I'm so sorry for the, just the infinite amount of people who cover it up, who say it wasn't really that bad, who said, well, what did you want me to do? I wanted you to be a, help, help be a voice, to not let me be alone, to not let those things happen to me, to be human. That's what it comes down to. I wanted you to be human and say, you know what? This isn't going to happen. This stops now. And I really hope I see people start to say that more. Um, you don't even hear all the other ugly things that happen to people who are violated, who contract sexual uh, diseases, who become pregnant or have abortions because they're 12 or 13 years old. Can you imagine? No, you can't. Unless it has happened to you, you can't imagine and you don't get an opinion. Sorry. It's how I feel. It's the way it is. Actually, sorry, not sorry. So to become safe in your body, I do think you have to tell that child that it's okay, that that bad person isn't coming back. Um, my, my predator in my case, it was so devastating because I didn't, I don't think I considered that person in, in who it could have been. And, uh, uh, like I said, about 10 years ago, this person, um, was on the, called me and was on the phone and, oh my gosh, I love you. And I miss you. And how have you been, et cetera. And then proceeded to um, tell me how sexy it was to be a lesbian and all my sexy lesbian friends. And maybe we could have a threesome together and to call me. And by the way, I still keep your prom picture on my nightstand. And I, I don't want to tell you some of the, the just God awful things this man said to me, who was like a father figure. So it is really horrifying too when people go, so-and-so, but he's so nice to me. Wow, really? Um, they said the same thing about Ted Bundy, by the way. So um, when you say things like that, it's so invalidating and so demeaning to that person. And they may not ask for help and they may choose self-harm. Um, some people might have done um, cutting, etc. I used to burn myself uh, when I was a teenager. I don't think outside of three or four people, I've, I've never told anyone that. So it's okay where you've been and you've been injured and harmed to where you are now. To where you're going. I'm feeling safer. I'm feeling stronger. I hope you do too. I love you. We'll talk soon. Have a great day. Get a hold of us. I know this was a tough one, but it has to be talked about because we can't live an open, happy, free life if society will not allow us to talk about the things that hurt us so that we can heal from it. Um, again, this is my motto. Find it. And you need help sometimes doing that feel it. Oh my gosh. It's like walking on emotional coals. It's not easy and it does hurt, but it is so worth it because the last part is free it, find it, feel it and free it because you deserve it. You're a beautiful soul. This should have never happened to you. So for me and my experience, what I'm choosing to do is learn from it. And what I'm learning is how awful people treat you when you speak out about it. Um, and, and if you don't allow it to be in the light, it can't get better and it can't heal. So, um, find it, feel it.
free it. It's okay. You deserve this life. You, you don't deserve to feel sad and depressed and what's wrong with me and why won't anyone believe me? I believe you. I believe you. Call me, text, email. I believe you. You're a strong, beautiful soul. You are enough. And we're going to help you guys get through it. So um, if you need something, again, send me an email, funkelkz at gmail.com. We'll get some references for you. We'll help you get some help. Um, it is out there. There are good people out there in the world. They're just really hard to find sometimes. But don't give up. That's the number one thing that I think I really learned in my journey. As much as um, I might have struggled with addiction and self-harm, um, things like that uh, in my late teens, early 20s. Uh, it is so uh, worth it to be here now to keep that, that fight and that struggle. And I'm glad that I did it. And I'm glad that I'm here to share this with you. So have a wonderful day. If you need something, ask for help. You will get it. And um, let's put that scary nightmare bullshit out in the light so that we can fight it. We can be those heroes in shining armor and and get that nasty shit out of here because you deserve the best. I love you. I hear you. Make it a great day. And thank you again for listening. 15 with Funkle. Good morning, Erie, Pennsylvania, and across our great nation. Today is episode five. We are talking about long-term chronic pain and how it affects you and how most people Pretty much everybody else who doesn't have chronic pain can't and doesn't understand it. Thank you for listening. This is 15 with Funkle. I'm your host, Funkle Cates. So chronic pain. Um, let me talk about I was a super athlete growing up. Um, soccer, softball, ice hockey, um, night and day. Anything I could get my hands on um, physically to. I had three brothers growing up, so our house was constantly WWF Smackdown, um, leaping off of coffee, coffee tables or other furniture and chairs, breaking lamps, gluing them together wrong, telling dad, you have no idea what happened. I don't know. It wasn't me. So I get it. Um, when your body goes through a lot of physical pain, and this is for anyone, whether you're an athlete or not, maybe, um, I've been in a car accident, rear-ended by a drunk driver, um, and have a uh, herniated disc in my neck and degenerative arthritis because of it, um, some injuries from uh, jobs and sports as well. So the reason I want to talk about this, I think it's so important when your body is discombobulated and um, kind of put back together with some glue and, and tape and paper clips. As you get older and those normal wear and tear is already happening, that extra pain that you already did have really is accelerated I want to mention my um, beautiful friend, Melissa, down in Florida. Hey, girl. She she has a really amazing story on Facebook and always sharing her life with us, the good times, the bad times with her and her family. I'd love to have you on a guest someday. So um, I will reach out to you. But she, she's got um, special circumstances. Some of us do that. The world is, is really hard to understand when you're in pain every day or you're in pain all day every day. And the responses you get from people is, well, I'm sure there's something they can do about it. Or, well, you're just always complaining. 
Um, and, and then you try to get help in healthcare. Um, looking back, I wondered why they just so easily tried to give me just so many pills, um, painkillers, muscle relaxers. Um, there was no, Hey, let's get you to the chiropractor and get this manipulated and get you fixed up. It was like, here's a pill. Bye. I'm sure so many of you have that experience. So that's why I think it's so important to talk about it because, um, my history with pain and really horrifying, um, healthcare advice, you know, re you really kind of go through this journey and it's hard to work. It's hard to go out. Sometimes your friends don't understand or your family, pretty much no one understands unless they have those issues and they know what it can feel like sometimes just to get out of your chair sometimes when your body locks up or that pain is just so intense and it, it's really horrible. So when people are like, oh, you never want to do anything or, well, I just saw you out walking yesterday and it's like, yeah, and now I have to take two days to recover from that 20 minute leisure walk. So what I ask people is when I tell you I'm hurting, believe me, I'm not telling you I'm hurting because I don't want to come to your house um, because I don't want to go to your birthday dinner. And what's really even worse is people that, you know, when they're like, oh, really? Or blah, blah, blah. Yes, really. Um, and a lot of times even that, you know, if I don't know you, whatever, I might, I might just say I'm busy, etc. Because I don't have to explain my whole life story to you. Um, and then other friends, I get to know them and I say, hey, you know, I really do want to come to your house and hang out. The only reason that I'm not is I'm really hurting today. Um, maybe uh, there's days where I've had to use my cane because my back gets so bad. Um, and it's not like you want to tell the world that all the time. So I think most of the time people really are doing their best. So I believe you're doing your best. And it doesn't mean that your best is awesome, but you're doing your best. Let's, you know, uh, not to be funny, but let's limp along here and get to where we need to be. So help each other, listen to each other and validate, validate each other's experiences um, and, and share tips. So as I learned how to help my pain a lot through stretching, meditation, medical marijuana, um, different eating styles, that has changed my life drastically um, and given me so much better quality of life. Um, chiropractor, acupuncture, things like that. So where traditional medicine was failing, it was just x-ray after x-ray. Um, we want to give you fusion uh, surgery. No, thank you. Um, and again, here's more and more pills, more pills. I, I don't really understand how that is your only go-to method in healthcare anymore is just to give everyone pills all that. Oh, you're sad. Here's a pill. Your back hurts. Here's a pill. You got high blood pressure one day out of 365, but one of them's wrong. Here's your pill. Um, and I just want to go, yeah, well, here's your sign, healthcare, because health and care should not be in that sentence. I'm going to keep saying that. And hospitals should never be allowed to be owned by insurance companies. How is that not insider trading? Uh, because those insurance companies tell them how they can care for you. And their method of how they want to care for you is, in my opinion, to slowly kill you painfully as they suck your bank account dry. How many bills do you get and from how many entities? I'm sorry, your doctor doesn't work here. He's a third party. He's under contract. Your x-ray was read by this guy somewhere else in telehealth across the country. And this person actually took your picture and they do work here. So you will get a bill from six bills later for a 20 minute visit or a three hour visit with no diagnosis, etc. 
I'm not knocking my friends in healthcare. I love you guys. I know you put your lives on the line. I know how much you do. You are not who I am talking about. I am talking about people who are failing our system. I'm talking about the people who watch things go wrong in your OR, in your surgery, um, in your room, when they know someone gave you the wrong meds, the wrong amount, whatever. And healthcare spends more time trying to cover it up than they do saying, you know what, we made a mistake and we need to do better. And that's what we're going to do. So let's talk about it and fix it and move forward. I'm telling you, that's not happening. Not everywhere and not most places. So when you have chronic pain and you're going to the doctor's, And then anyone's mocking you. We'll go to another doctor. We'll go to a different specialist. We'll go to this one in Cleveland or California. I went to the number one so-called specialist in the country. And it was one of the meanest doctors I think I've ever met. And his solution, he literally came in, looked at my x-rays, didn't talk to me and, and felt my neck and played with my hands and said, here's your prescription. I want you to take three muscle, very strong muscle relaxers a day. And when you get home, take your uh, pain pill. And I said, well, these pills are really strong. I've, I've been prescribed before. I don't like how they make me feel. I can't function. I can't drive. And this doctor screamed at me and said, well, if you don't want to do what I'm telling you to do, then no one can help you and stormed out. So how does that feel when a medical professional says, hey, if you don't want to listen to me and you don't want to do what the F I'm telling you to do because I have a huge ego and I know everything and you're an idiot and you don't know anything about your own body. How do you defend that? It's really tough, especially if you don't work in healthcare and you don't feel confident about speaking up and you don't feel good about saying to someone who's had so much alleged training or read books or whatever um, to tell you. And I say, well, I've been in healthcare a long time and I can tell you that there's some really amazing healers and there are so many more that are not. There are many more that are not. So when a doctor shames you and tries to make you feel horrified about your treatment or what they want you to do or not do, do what your body is telling you to do. If your body tells you, fuck you, get up and get out of there, listen to it. Get up and get out of there. Don't wait till it's too late. I hear that so many times. I I have so many people that come to me and say, oh my God, I felt so horrible. I knew it was wrong. I didn't feel right. I don't know why I didn't say anything. I just sat there. I said, because they make you feel ashamed and they make you feel bad. And then you feel like you're wrong. And I keep saying, it's not their body, it's yours. So if it doesn't feel right, say something. And you don't need to be a jerk about it. Uh, Way too many nurses uh, get punched, choked, spit on, horrifying things thrown on them. Please don't be that person. Don't be that person. It's, it's, why? Um, We'll talk about that another episode. But So again, thank you for all our frontline workers. I know you give your lives. I know how many of you really just live there and don't see your own loved ones and families, et cetera. And I get it. And I love you. And thank you so much for all you do. This is talking about, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. I've never met a healthcare person that said to me, oh my gosh, I've never seen that. I've never heard of that. I didn't know that unless it was their first day. Outside of that, people go, wow, I don't know who to tell. I saw this happen. I told someone, um, I I can tell you how many times I've been told to shut my mouth. Um, I've been asked to sign non-disclosures. I have refused. I've never taken money. I know a lot of people that have. Um, So sorry, we're getting way off track. I know because uh, healthcare is a huge trigger point for me. And I feel like we could save so much time and money and pain 
if we could have more support groups, if we could talk more openly, we need to do that. We need to talk about some of these ugly things so that they're not ugly anymore so that you all can get the help that you need and we can all feel better together and live better, more fulfilling, more joyful lives. So, um, and you shouldn't have to hide your pain by the way, too. Uh, I have gotten to a place in life where I am 43. If someone doesn't believe me that I'm hurting, I'm probably not going to have them around very much longer. That's not cool. That is not cool to make me feel even worse than I already do. Just FYI. So if you're hurting again, I believe you. If you want to look for some references, I am going to be starting a uh, class. I will do private consults one-to-one. I'm also going to do some, some classes. If you have some interest for those of you who have chronic pain, um, who have PTSD or depression, uh, cancer, some other um, autoimmune diseases, whatever it is, and you've tried everything and you're frustrated and you say, you know what, marijuana is a drug. I don't like it. I don't believe in it. And you've tried everything else. I'm just putting it out there for you. Who told you it was a drug? Uh, a bunch of men who couldn't figure out how to profit off of it. It used to be in marijuana and cannabis was in almost every medicine up until the late 30s, early 40s. When the government found that they couldn't make money off of it anymore because it was given to us from God, they told you all that. We've put, we've, we put people in prison for having a joint or a couple ounces of marijuana. No one has ever gotten high and killed anyone ever. Uh, we put these people in prison for 20 to 30 years, but my sexual predator is walking around free and yours probably is too. And when they do get arrested, you have to get re-victimized over and over again. And then no one believes you anyway. And they might get what did, I think Epstein got 18 months his first time around 18 months and he didn't even serve it all. So, but God forbid we should have planted a, a joint on him. Then he would have been away for life and that disgusting Island wouldn't have been going on. So what I'm saying is, if you have chronic pain, I believe you. It's cool. Uh, I'm going to call it my Medicine Mary Corner. I'm going to teach you how to use this as a medicine. I don't use this to get high, quote unquote. And if you do, I don't judge you. It's totally fine. It's cool. Um, but I dose my medicine so that I have functionality of my body um, on my days when um, my CT- PTSD or complex PTSD is heavily triggered or kind of flaring and I'm having trouble kind of resetting or breathing, that does help me kind of take a little bit of that edge off so that I can and and reset and regroup and get back to a good place. You're always going to be fluctuating up and down, whether it's physical or mental um, or spiritual pain too. So if you're struggling with something like that and you go, oh my God, it's, it's like losing weight. You're like, I've tried everything and nothing's working. Or the other side that I hear is these pills are great and they really help, but they killed my liver and I have no kidney function or my, all my hair fell out. We've all seen the commercials, right? If you have chronic bleeding in your anus or a headache and a migraine forever and it feels like your eyes coming out and stabbing you in the face. And then they show these people like in a bathtub making out, having a great time on a freaking mountain somewhere, like smoking a pipe. And I'm like, wow, I want to try one of those pills, but I don't think I want the anal bleeding. So yeah, I'll go with the marijuana. I personally have zero side effects. That doesn't mean it's the same for everybody. Um, in my whole entire life, I've seen one person with an adverse effect. Um, and that, that was in high school. If you went to high school with me and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Otherwise, um, I, I haven't seen anything. I, you know, I, um, of course, experimented in high school and never thought about it as a medicine. It was always told how dirty and wrong and gross. And you're getting high, man. You're one of those people, man. 
um, so much negativity. And I wish people did that for oxycodone and Tylenol and ibuprofen, all this nasty shit that's ruining your organs that they've lied to you about for years with fetal cells and formaldehyde and all this other nasty shit. That's where you should be putting your anger and your um, and your activism and writing letters. But because someone told you this was bad and we all went, okay. And I'm always like, well, let's look at the facts, not what someone told you. So, um, and, and experiment. And, um, and if it's not for you, it's totally fine. That's okay. This has been a lifesaver for me. I haven't, um, touched any prescribed, uh, pain pills or relaxers, et cetera, in probably six or seven years, maybe, maybe even longer. Um, and same with cigarettes. Yay. Got rid of it all. So you can too, if there's a change you want to make in your life and you need help doing it, maybe your partner or your friends are like, yeah, right, man, you can't live without that. Or it's not, it's no big deal, man. You can't do it. Yeah, you can. Um, again, I'm gonna do some private consults. I see so many people too, at my old job, when I worked in DC at the hospital and I was rounding on patients, the cancer ward was always the toughest. And every single patient would say, I'm so desperate, especially, um, God love you, uh, stage three and four, where there's so much pain. There's, and if you have been around someone or yourself have had cancer, you know, that amount of pain and what happens to your body and, and the loss of control of yourself, et cetera, and feeling just so vulnerable and, um, just a loss of independence. It's so hard. It's so hard. A lot of times you see people, they look like a shell of a person and it's heart, it's gut wrenching. And when you see radiation and chemo and that's your choice to take that, it's, it's okay. I'm not judging you. I'm not going to comment on that because that's your personal journey. What I would say is if the other things aren't working for you. And again, when I was rounding on patients, that was the number one thing they would say is I wish I did this sooner. I wish I wasn't told that marijuana was so bad for me or it was illegal because I'm dying. I don't give a shit. I'm in so much effing pain or I can't eat. I have zero quality of life. I'm laying in a bed all day in my own shit. And you want to sit here and put more pills down my throat and make me feel bad about this now. Um, if you need some education, if you need some help, you're not sure you're embarrassed. Um, maybe you grew up in the era I did where they were like, you know, drugs are bad. Okay. Yeah. Some drugs are some drugs will F you up. I don't believe marijuana is one of them, especially when you use it, um, correctly and medicinally. So, um, I do have a method that I use to maintain the THC levels, um, of the marijuana strains that I use. And a lot of us go, oh my God, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to use it. You go to the dispensary. Most of the people there don't even use marijuana. Um, they have no idea. They have no healthcare backgrounds. I've met pharmacists and I'd say, well, what's the difference between this sativa, sativa, I don't know how to say it, or hybrid and indica. And they'd say, oh, I don't know. Just pick one and, and figure out what you like or don't like. Seriously. And also that's a very um, expensive lesson to learn with medicinal marijuana. So I do want to offer these services to you. Um, they are going to be a, a small fee and sliding scale because I do want to make sure this is offered to people. And if you go, hey, I literally have no money. I can't afford it. I need help. Again, email me funklekz at gmail.com. F-U-N-K-L-E-K-Z at gmail.com. We'll get something set up for you. I can come to you wherever you're at. If you're in a home, the hospital, your house, um, if I'm allowed or I can bring you here, we'll meet somewhere. Um, and I'd love to consult with you and figure out how we can help you with not only just medicinal marijuana, but also different vitamins or nutrients and holistic care that you can do for yourself to improve some of that quality of life. 
Um, I am very aware that I will never be back at my A game. Never going to be that super athlete again. It was the hardest thing. And some days it still is. I still see that in myself. I don't see an overweight, you know, um, degenerative arthritic body. I see that super athlete who can kick some butt still. What I've learned in trying to do that is I can't. So understanding and knowing your limits and knowing this is a different version of yourself, I think also helps out a lot. And um, I'm just finding different outlets and ways to get some of that exercise in. And it was also really hard because people judge you when you have weight and they're like, why don't you get out to the gym and running? And I'm thinking, man, I did three pushups one day and I ended up at the chiropractor and in my bed for four or five days because something popped out and I was in severe pain. So when you say things like that, please understand that it can really have an affect on another person and it can be shaming and um, really just kind of gross to them and make them curl back up and not ask for help. So try to lead with love, respect, and compassion. Again, how do you want to be treated? Because then I do it too. You know, when sometimes we're in a fight and we're like, whatever jerk, or you know what? Because we just want to be right. We want to be heard. uh, We want to be validated. And what I have learned in the evolution of me becoming more mature emotionally um, and, and that is in large part, my, my, my can't say enough about my sensei, my teacher, Tracy Principe, and, um, I will have her information on my website too, funkelcates.com. So, uh, I have infinitely learned that when I, when I need help to ask for it, when I'm hurting to let someone know if I need to, and if the person that I'm talking to is not open and loving and supportive, I a perform reeducation and say, you know, when I said, Hey, my back hurts really bad and I can't go out today or, you know, walking, et cetera. Instead of saying, ah, you're always hurting or whatever. You could say things like, geez, I'm so sorry that you have to suffer like this. Can I get you an ice pack? Just look at the flip of that difference and, and think about yourself because we are really awesome at telling everyone else what's wrong. Um, again, I've done it too. I can tell you all day long what I think is wrong with another person in an argument but it's never going to make us better. It's never going to make us better. Might make them worse, might make me feel good for 20 seconds, but it never does. Um, Sometimes in that heat of the moment, we say things and we throw mud at each other. But at the end of the day, if you want that person in your life and you want to grow and learn, understand and know it is not about them. It is about you and it is about us. So I have to grow and learn and express what I am willing to do differently or change uh, for now and in the future to make us better. And part of that is believing someone. I'm learning so much about that, so much about that. So uh, regardless of the story, I think in my head like, oh, well, she's always sick or blah. And I'm like, how awful. I want someone to listen and believe me. Why am I not listening and believing her? Maybe she wasn't telling me the whole truth. That's okay. And I love that person. I say, hey, is there anything I can do for you, et cetera? Let's try that. I see too many people online um, who are like, oh my gosh, I don't feel well. I've lost a uh, sense of taste or smell or I have a fever. And then there's like 50 Facebook comments where they're like, oh, I told you. I told you not to go to that concert. Or um, did you take a COVID test? Listen, Karen.com on Facebook. Why don't you try this? Hey, Susie, can I bring you some soup over to your house? Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that, Jimbo. Um, is there anything you need? Um, please text me if I can run to the, get you groceries or, you know, can I pick up one of your kids, etc. Those are really cool things that you could reach out to for, for someone instead of, I know you have a 102 degree fever, but 
I really want to throw out my personal opinion and shame you a little bit on the internet. So um, please don't be that person anymore. <laughs> Karen. Um, anyway, so thank you so much again for listening. Uh, just to kind of do a quick review here. One, chronic pain. Do you feel like you have it? Um, have you talked to someone in uh, the modern uh, medicine as well as holistic care? What is your body saying to you? Does it feel good? Does it feel right? Do you need something more or less? Are you feeling stuck? Hey, Kate, I've tried everything. Nothing's working. And, and by the way, uh, I could lose uh, 50 pounds and I'm still going to have that chronic pain. Yes, it could be a little less. But what you don't understand is that cycle you get caught up in. So um, please stop some of that judgment there. Again, support people and help build them up instead of telling them what they already know that they might already feel bad about. Build them up, support them, help them out, lead with love, respect, and compassion so we can have a better world for me, for you, for all of us, but more importantly, for your children and their children's children. Because this is not the world that I want our kids to grow up watching all this nastiness on the TV where, you know, we're, gosh, I'm tired of seeing people like Bill Cosby, Putin. It's just all this hate. And uh, we just need to do better. We need to do better right now. There is no more waiting. There is no more time for it. So whatever you need to do to connect with yourself, to get up and get moving, feel motivated, let me know. I'll help you get there. Last thing I just want to say before we get going here is uh, the other day I got some change and I had this really cool picture on there. And even though it took like 2.5 million years to do it, Maya Angelou on the quarter, so excited about that. Um, One of my favorite quotes from her is, when you know better, do better. I absolutely love that quote. It's like giving yourself forgiveness and saying, it's okay that that happened because you didn't know. But now you do, and now you're taking what you've learned and you're doing better with it. Whether you're a better parent, a better eater, a better teacher, a better wife, husband, lover, etc., Now you know better and you can do better with those tools. So forgive yourself and let go of the things that you did in the past. Unless you're a murderer or sexual predator. And then, no, I don't forgive you and we're going to chat. Have a great day and thank you for listening. This is 15 with Funkle. Hello there. This is episode six. We're talking today about addiction you're listening to 15 with Funkle. I'm your beautiful, gorgeous, non-binary host, Funkle Cates. And we're coming to you live. Actually, we're not live, but we're almost live and direct from Erie, Pennsylvania, down by the 814 beautiful Presque Lake Erie. Yes, we are on the lake. I get asked that so many times. Where are you from, Erie, Pennsylvania? Anywhere near the lake? No, sir. Never heard of it. So, yes, we are on a lake. Um, and Lake Erie, just to clarify... Okay. Addiction. So again, my format, I like to go from where you were, where are you at today and where do you want to be and how do you get there and how do you get the help and support to make that happen? So with addiction, it, um, I think when people think of that, they, they picture someone like living on the streets. They generally picture, um, things like heroin or crack and, and someone like, you know, with no teeth, who's trying to kill you, who's always violent, whatever mental health, that's not even close to being true. I mean, these are extreme cases, right? We have seen people like this. We, we know people like that. We have been those people. Um, and it, it is you. It is your neighbor. It is your mom, your dad, your cousin, your wife, your husband, your daughter, your son, um, your they, your G, your J. So it, it affects everybody. Okay. There's no discrimination when it comes to addiction, is there? So 
um, what I want to talk about is where'd you come from? So for me, I think addiction started when I was younger. Um, I remember being when I was a teenager and I first came into womanhood and all your emotions, et cetera, bleh, are all coming out. So um, I had uh, uh, some health issues there and I had extreme pain and um, did not understand a, a lot of the parts of, of my body, didn't have female influences really growing up. So I, I had a lot of questions about that, et cetera. And because of that, I would be afraid or ashamed to ask anybody. So when I would have a lot of that pain, um, and there, and, and everyone says, Oh, take a mite all, take a ton all. And I'm like, bitch, are you crazy? There's like a mini alien with the sharpest fucking claws trying to rip his ass out of my guts and my stomach and other parts of my body. And you're like, take a ton all. Oh my God. I love those videos where they put those patches on boys and they turn it up and they're like, here, and, and those, especially the ones that can't handle like level two. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm on 14, like easily for five days. So when I was younger and I would have that kind of pain um, and that shame. And I think for me too, it, it was a mix of, you know, coming out. I didn't know who I was or what I was or being accepted. I was met with a tremendous amount of hate, threats, et cetera, um, put downs, really negative from, from one of my parents and I didn't feel loved and I didn't feel wanted and I didn't feel accepted. I also grew up in a town that I felt was very discriminatory and hateful and racist and homophobic. And I still find it to be very true today. And it's really interesting if so many people tell me, oh, I've never seen or heard that. And I'm like, let me guess, you're straight and white. So I'm just going to call it like I see it. Um, and I hope you're laughing because if you're not, get the fuck off my channel. Love you. Bye. So anyway, so addiction. Okay, so I started drinking to deal with that. I was this perfect student, never missed a day, never really spoke up, straight A's, perfect attendance awards, all that stuff. And I think it was like the summer before 11th grade and, and some things and life changes uh, would happen. And I remember going to parties and thinking, God, this is the first time that I didn't feel this hurricane of pain going around in, in my head or, or my body, etc. And as I got older and things would happen, um, one of my, my dearest, uh, beautiful friends, Sarah Backstrom, number 14, um, had passed away at the same time I was outed to my quote unquote friends in high school. They were not my friends. They were my girlfriend's friends. Um, but when I was outed on, and without my permission, it was so awful and ugly. I, I was threatened. I, every day by the people I hung out with. Um, also, my partner denied any of it and that I existed or the relationship. So I, unbeknownst to me, had this major abandonment, uh, abandonment wound ripped wide open. Um, and what does that mean? So for me in my life, um, a little bit about my background, divorced parents. Um, I, I think my mom, before she physically left, she wasn't ever really there. Very, very little very disconnected. Uh, I felt from, from, uh, myself, especially I have three brothers, but also from a lot of them. Um, she was always, uh, un unhappy, et cetera, in my opinion. And <clears throat> there wasn't anyone, uh, around to talk to or to hold you or ask how your day was or how you're feeling or say, I love you or give you a hug. I didn't have any of that. I did not have any of that. And, um, I, I remember begging one of my parents to, to give me a hug and say, I love you. So I just had this tremendous amount of emptiness and pain. And guess what hurt and pain turns into? Anger. Uh, you guessed it. So 
It does. It turns into anger and you want to fight. I see these commercials of these dogs who have been traumatized and beaten and starred or in dog fights and they're, you know, chained up and people find them and they're shaking and they're growling and whatever. That's exactly how I felt. Except the world doesn't meet you with kindness and compassion. They go, what's wrong with you? Or you're this, or you're that. They don't think about how you got there. You weren't born that way, right? So I do like to talk about that. I always want to know what, what got this person from A to B? You know, um, because I think there's a little bit of pure evil in this world, clearly a little bit more than a little. And I think some of that does truly exist. I do think there's dark and light. And I think there's a lot of us in between. And we all have that within ourselves. And sometimes we feed the darkness more and other times we accept and feed the light more. In my case, as a younger person, I, I hadn't known that light. That was never an option for me in my mind. I had never seen it. I had never felt it. Um, it just wasn't there. And what became my family and my love and my support were my friends, were my uh, teammates from hockey or other sports. And then more importantly, as I started to um, be more comfortable with my gender or sexuality. And by the way, back then, there, there was only a couple letters. I'm not crazy old, but we didn't have as many letters in the gay community. And um, we all addressed each other pretty un-PC as, as we should in that world because we can live and laugh through it. But at the time, I wasn't laughing. At the time, I didn't feel loved or accepted. Um, I actually felt worse when I did go to the gay world and uncovered a very dark, ugly side of the gay world for me because all I knew was through bars. I didn't see positive gay people in my community that I had met that I could look up to and say, wow, I can be successful and have an awesome job and a house and whatever else too. Um, and so I fell into a lot of that, that drinking and, that, and, and partying and being up all night and dancing and going to another party. Again, they are your friends and they are your family. And sometimes in life, when it becomes too painful, we go to things that make you feel good, even if they're bad. And we know that because it might feel better than the way you feel right now, just sitting here where you kind of feel like you can't be inside your own body or your own skin. And you're like, it's so uncomfortable or something just kind of boiling inside of you. And then we go, Oh, I need a drink. Except we usually have more than a drink. Not everybody. And um, you don't have to drink every day, all day to be an alcoholic. And you don't have to use crack or cocaine or heroin or meth every day to be an addict. I think that no one can tell you what you are until you are ready to see it and believe it and accept it. And deep deep down, we all know when we have an issue, I feel, but there's a reason we don't face it because we love what we're doing because it works. And unfortunately, we didn't get the positive supportive love that we needed in a healthy manner to deal with certain things, or we chose that, or maybe you tried something once and it it kind of hooked you, et cetera. There's so many different circumstances. I certainly do not and will not judge anybody for any um, choices or uses that they make. It doesn't mean that you're going to be in my life. Um, And it doesn't mean that I'm going to support those choices, but I can still and will love you. What I'm going to do is not ever be drawn back down to that darkness, but I will always have a handout as I do think people should. It's humanity, it's forgiveness, it's second, it's third, it's fourth chances to put that hand out and say, hey, when you're ready, my hand will be here. I will have it out. I will hold yours and I will pull you up and out up here. I will pull you up here with with me and with other people so you can love and learn and grow as you were always meant to. And that how much you deserve to feel that joy and that happiness and love and acceptance.
So <clears throat> that's how mine started. Where am I at today? Um, I, and, and I give so much credit to my, my beautiful nephew, um, Evan, because he, God love him, was in uh, fourth or fifth grade and learned about smoking and all the dangers of it, how bad it was, and was like, Aunt Katie, if you do not stop smoking now, I'm going to kick your butt. So he made a deal with me and I had to quit smoking on July 4th. I quit on uh, July 5th. And again, it's about 10 years ago, I think. And it was the only thing in my life I've ever really regretted. And I was so excited and proud because he passed away the next year. And all I kept thinking was, I kept my promise, buddy. I kept that promise and I will. And sometimes I, I think what really helped me, cigarettes was the hardest thing for me to kick. Everything else was like, meh, psh. Um, and, and not that they were easy, but for some reason, cigarettes was like, I didn't even think I could quit. I did not think it was possible. And what I read and learned is that it is more addicting than a lot of other drugs. I have no idea how cigarettes are even legal with the amount of, when I look at the history of cigarettes and Philip Morris and the government, and the FDA and all that disgusting shit, they have gotten away with so many murders, so many murders. Is it your choice? Yes and no. I, as a uh, teenager, I had no idea how bad smoking was. My first cigarette was a Virginia Slim out of my parents' purse. So, and, and as of most of ours, you know, we saw and learned what was cool, what everyone was doing. They smoked in the cars or restaurants at your house. I'm not saying it ever felt like necessarily good and right. It was kind of like something you did, um, especially, you know, growing up in um, the 90s. I felt so it, it was no big deal. Almost everybody I knew smoked. And that's also an addiction. That's a really awful one because it's so hard to get out of. But anytime you have formaldehyde as an ingredient in something you put out to the public and you're okay with it, I can't wrap my mind around that. I can't wrap my mind around forever chemicals um, that your, your wonderful President Trump approved 11 PFAS forever chemicals to be in your food and products that you use. Think about what they do to your water too. If you don't know about these things, for the love of God, start reading. Educate yourself, learn, and tell people no more. You've got to get up and start getting involved because what happens is we start going, oh, geez, what can I do about it? I have no power. No one cares what I have to say, blah, blah, blah. Let's go down to the bar. Let's get a drink. I have never seen so many bars in my life as I do in Erie, Pennsylvania. There is a bar everywhere. And you know what everyone does all the time? Let's go to the bar. You want to go to the bar? Let's go to the bar. What are you doing tonight? We're going to the bar. I don't want to go to the fucking bar. You know why? Because most of the time I don't even have fun. And even if I do, you're paying a price for that, right? There shouldn't be the drinking and driving. It's not cool. It's not okay. If you're drinking one or two, that's your choice. That's the legality of it. When you know you're shit-faced and you're driving and you think it's cool and you're 50, I don't think you're cool at all. I'll put your ass in jail. Because what's not cool is, um, and, I'll, and I'll tell everybody, when I was 18, I got a DWI. Um, I was not driving, but I had possession of the keys. And I was going to drive. I will tell you that. And I, I do think the, um, the judge um, put me, um, I think he knew that I kind of came from a troubled background. And they put me in a, a course. So I had to learn a, about stuff. And, and I was in a class with people who, uh, there was a gentleman in my class who uh, blacked out and woke up in another state married to someone else. He already had a wife. So I'm seeing and hearing all this. I was seeing all these people who had long-term chronic drinking problems. 
And at the time, I was pretty pissed that the judge made me do this at the age of 18. And then looking back, I thought, God, I'm so grateful because I was so young. I was able to see and learn from these people who were twice, three times my age who hadn't learned that lesson, who were giving up everything in their life for this drink and allowing that control to be over them. And when I say allowing that control, it's not to berate you. It's not to belittle you or make anyone feel bad. It's because it does have control over us or so we think. Um, What I did for myself was a, you have to be honest about it. If you can't be honest with yourself, what are you using and how often and why you will never get out of it. That has to happen. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks or does not think or what you think we believe or not, or what stories you've told or whatever. It doesn't matter. You're still in that rabbit hole all by yourself. And it is lonely. It is scary. And it is awful. I know so many amazing people. Some of the best people I've ever met in my life had major, major backgrounds of addiction Uh, or might still struggle today. It is a lifetime struggle. And one of the worst things too, is people always say, Hey, I know you're not drinking anymore, but why don't you come down to the bar and just hang out with us? You don't have to drink. Seriously, mother effer? Really? Why don't we get a vial of fucking crack on our way down there too? Maybe maybe we could do that. That's cool too. What I'm saying is that's not mutual love, respect, support, etc. So we could offer up things like, you know, geez, I know, I know, um, you know, Sally has had this issue. And I don't want to make her feel bad. I don't want to judge her. And I don't want to say, hey, you need an intervention or, hey, you're an alcoholic. That's not your effing choice to tell someone that. That has to be their choice in their story or else it'll never go to where it needs to be for them to be healthy again, in my opinion. So um, some supportive, healthy offerings could be, um, hey, Sally, uh, what are you doing Saturday? Do you want to meet at 9 a.m. at Prescott and go for a walk? That's a really cool way to get someone out and about. And I think when you can offer more healthy choices and support without judgment, that's how we can start connecting better as humans. And, and it's almost like holding hands with your heart a little bit and saying, you know what, I'm here for you and I see you and I love you exactly for who, how, and what you are. And I don't care if you were, you know, doing heroin for 10 years and you stole from your grandma and you, you wrote checks and whatever that was your past. That was that version of you. You cannot give yourself a life sentence. So I think there's um, a couple caveats here. A, who were you then? B, who are you now? And what do you want or where do you want to be? And C, how do you get there? So we're going to offer you that love and support and references. FunkleKZ at gmail.com. F-U-N-K-L-E-K-Z at gmail.com. Please send us an email. Um, and, and if you want to be anonymous, um, I'm, I'm going to have a business number. I'm going to put out here for you uh, shortly as well. 814-474-7605. Give us a call. Um, it'll probably go to my voicemail if I don't answer and leave a message. You don't have to leave your name. You can just put a question on there. I will never, ever out anybody ever unless they want to be outed. So, um, please let us know, uh, what do you need and, um, and ask for help. We'll help you get there. Forgive yourself, love yourself. Again, this is not meant to be a life sentence. Everybody in the whole world has done something super wrong and gross and weird. You shouldn't have said it. You shouldn't have done it. You feel ashamed. You feel bad. You feel horrified. Learn from it. Get better. Do better. Okay. And then find it, feel it, and free it. 
Because if you don't, you're pretty much living in an emotional prison and you don't deserve that. And there's always going to be somebody that hates you. There's always going to be somebody that wants to tear you down. There's always going to be someone that wants to remind you of how awful you are and how awful the things are that you've said or you've done. You have to be in a bigger, better, healthier space to, to grow and move away from that. And then people that you've hurt, you need to make amends, but they also have to learn and grow with you. They can't punish you for the rest of your life because most people who are addicts didn't choose that per se, right? So if your child was molested for 10 years and then became an alcoholic, is that all you're going to see as an alcoholic? I hope not. I hope you see someone whose soul was mangled and they were self-medicating with alcohol and that we need to help heal this person. Because they deserve that and so do you. We deserve that in this world. It's called humanity and, and connectivity. So um, stop dehumanizing people and thinking you're so much better or different or what you would have effing done. Nobody cares. Nobody cares what you would have done because you weren't in the situation or you're not now. So what you think you would have or could have done. Uh, there's a beautiful quote by my my future, um, I, I, don't, I call her my future wife, but she's already married, the Brene Brown, the one and only. Um, if you haven't seen wine country, one of my favorite movies of all time on Netflix, Brene Brown. So one of the things she says is, Hey, if you're not in the arena, getting your ass kicked, I am not interested in your opinion. I read that quote and I was like, yes, girl. Yes. How are you with zero experience, knowledge, et cetera, ever going to sit and tell anyone something? There's a reason why AA works and the medical field doesn't for, for most people in our addictions, et cetera. And I do think and feel that most people still have heavy addiction, whether it, and, and it's not just drugs and the obvious stuff, right? We have people who are addicted to work. Well, my job's really important. You don't understand what I do. Bullshit. Um, we're addicted to food. Well, I'm really trying to lose weight and blah, blah, but bullshit. We, sometimes we have to get to that, that core. And, and again, you don't owe anyone an explanation, but you do owe yourself. Be honest with yourself because I think that that self-care and love will help you get to where you need to be. And again, it's okay to ask for help. You know, I tell my friends all the time, hey, I really want to go walking. I'm not going to the bar with you. I don't want to go to the bar with you. Why can't you make the change and get up and get your ass moving and walking with me? Help support me and motivate me. Let's do something healthy together. So, Thank you for listening, you guys. This has been so awesome. This is one of my life dreams. I want to give back because someone was brave enough to put themselves out there to um, ask for help, to do the work, um, and to start the healing process that they could offer themselves to me and their leadership and guidance. Uh, I did somatic experiencing. There's also brain spotting uh, therapies to help heal your inner child, something I heavily believe in. If you need some help, if you need some references, please go to FunkoCates.com. It's my new website. I'm still in the process of working on it. It's going to have local business influences, references, so you can find things that I believe and I think have helped me or other people. Um, I want to make sure that you know that I've personally looked into these things. I know these people. I have vetted them. I've tried out their product services, etc. I'm not going to just put you down a rabbit hole and say, hey, try this out because I want to make a buck. That is not the goal or the point here. The goal and the point is to help you find yourself, love yourself and free yourself so you can be the best version of you while you're on this earth because we owe it to ourselves and to our children or to our future. And we need to take down so many other people around us to save this planet um, and, and each other from, from just some of the ugliness in this world. Let's do better and let's do it now. 
Have a beautiful day. It is awesome. I love you so much. Thank you for listening. This is 15 with Funkle, your host, Funkle Cakes.